No. Hello, we are live. Hello, we are live. Hello, welcome to GTFO. It's Friday. We're all a little bit overexcited. Also, we haven't uh, promoted this because stupid Facebook won't let us do anything anymore on our pages because they've changed all the algorithms. So we could, I couldn't create an event anyway, and I gave up and had a paddy. So here we are with an unpromoted, off-the-cuff GTFO, uh, and we're going to talk about how to define your target audience. Now, normally we do these as a sort of top five tips to help you do it, um, and I have sort of got top five tips, but I don't think they're very good. So let's just so- chat it out. Let's just let's just have a conversation. Yeah, let's just let's just talk about. It. So before we move into the very very exciting subject about uh, how to define your target audience, um, Hannah, what's your name and where'd you come from? My name's Hannah, and I'm from Grow Traffic. Ooh. You're also from near Sheffield, aren't you? Yes, like yeah. Well, geographically, I'm from near Sheffield, but does anyone mm. care? Yeah, no. oh, um, I do because I was going to ask what the weather's like over in Sheffield. Okay, um, it's overcast, windy, bit drizzly, bit wet. It's it's, it's cardigan. It's cardigan weather. Um, so, and as a bonus fact, if I was to go on a on a um, reality TV show, I would mm. pick Married at First Sight. Oh, would you for the yeah. holiday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes. Uh, well, and and the drama quite frankly yeah and all the booze that they get at the at the dinner party they do they do get treated quite nicely um so storm ian hasn't found its way to you yet then has he has he not i don't know what that is no oh, is that what right. this is this is storm just, ian yes i just storm thought ian it was a bit blustery and wet no uh, so simon daly what's your name where'd you come from what is the weather like where you what? are oh what, what reality like? show would you go on love well, island both. what <laughs> reality <laughs> show um uh, my name's Simon Daly. I am a director here at Grow Traffic. I'm currently residing not far from the centre of Bakeup, about a mile outside. The weather is blustery, rainy, and apparently that's because of Storm Ian. Mm, mm. A storm and, I've just learned about. And what, what reality show would you go on if you were to go on one? Now that you said well. Married at First Sight, that's the only one I can think of. That's the only uh, one. Princess <laughs> or... Or Ready Steady Cook. Oh, The Apprentice sounds good, doesn't it? What's what's that new one that they've got that's a bit like The Apprentice on Channel 4? Does anyone know? The PM no. one, How to Be the PM. No, different one, but that one looks good as well. Mm. Okay. okay. I don't watch a lot of reality no, shows, do I? No. No. Yeah, uh, okay. Well, moving on then. Uh, my name is Rachel Weinhold, also from Bake Up. Also, just about to be hit with. Well, I think we are being hit with Stormy, and to be honest, it looks like it's uh, trying to sleet out there. Um, and the reality show that I would go on would be Big Brother, simply because we've watched it for such a long time. And quite frankly, I would love to have three months locked in a house <laughs> where I don't have to do any cleaning or organising or cooking or sorting out of school trips or anything else. Oh, it'd be bloody Your head is yet. I'd take that as an uh, as an exchange. That'd be fair. I'd take it all back what I said before. I'd go on Castaway. You know that <laughs> oh, one? That's a good one. Castaway. I'd go on Castaway. Good one. Yeah. Set up a new community. Have about like acres of land on a little island away from anybody else? Bloody brilliant. That sounds good to me. Yeah. Mm. Okay, well, good. good I'm glad that we've had this conversation because in a way... 
uh, doing a, an Eddie Izzard talking about the Church of England type joke. Um, this reminds me of how, what you have to do when you're determining your target audience, because you think <laughs> about <laughs> I, this is what, what Jesus would do if he was uh, going into the desert. He'd tart himself up a bit. Anyway, the, that's a very in-joke for people yeah. of the 90s, children of the 90s. If you're not of the 90s, um, yeah, if you're determining your target audience, it is a little bit like thinking, well, who are we and what do we do? and what fits us best and therefore who would our target audience be and 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 where are they likely to be first of all why does it matter why do people need to define who their target audience is somebody tell me that because it because it informs all the communications that you put out who you advertise to how you sell it how you sell yourself it, it's absolutely vital mm-hmm and when you talk about sort of how you how you're selling yourself and who you're talking to, you know, we're 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 obviously going to focus on digital marketing fronts in in this bit, but it informs what you're doing everywhere, doesn't it? You know, mm. if you're going to start doing PR, it will determine what publications you're going to go in. If you're doing, uh, you know, networking it will determine which business networking meetings you're going to go to because who else is in the room you know as we already said digital marketing what social media platforms are you going to be on what what conferences are you going to speak at what what podcasts are you going to guest on you know if you haven't defined your target audience it, you know you, you you just have a sort of scattergun approach and it's not very effective Dali any any thoughts on why it matters oh sorry um, on, so <laughs> sorry Hannah, what were you going to say no, go for it. I was just going to say, probably it's best to define what a target audience is as well. Well, um, that was my next question, but go for it. <laughs> I, I thought I thought this was an informal chat without any questions. Now I feel like I don't know what the questions are. No, well, I have questions, but they're all in my head and you <laughs> don't know them until I ask them. Okay, well, while you two have this domestic, I think the other important thing as well about figuring out who your target audience are is that it stops you, like you say, going scattergun, going too broad. So, um, like, it's even if, like, your services can can be used or enjoyed by everyone, everyone is not an easily marketable um, audience. So how are you going to get out to everyone? So if you kind of segment down your audience, then it makes it a lot easier to see where you're getting the successes and where to focus your attention and your budget. Yeah, because I mean, the thing as well is, you know, people think, obviously, if, you, you know, if you're doing a leaflet campaign or you're getting a magazine article or whatever, you know, there's a, there's a cost associated with that. People tend to think like with social media, there isn't a cost. And even if you're doing it yourself, though, you know, there is because it's your time. It's your time that it takes to, to create the graphics and, and craft the content and put it out there and, con uh, you know, talk to people and all the rest of it. So the, there's a cost to all of it. And if you are just going scattergun approach, you know, a really broad message trying to appeal to everybody you by default are going to appeal to nobody and then your time and your effort and everything else is is wasted so by honing down your target audience it just makes you that little bit more effective so Simon Daly next question we know why it's important to, to define your target audience what is a target audience and and will a business have just one so your target no you can have target audiences um but if you think about the way that you work out who your target customer is, if you like, there's, there's kind of three levels of targeting. Um, there's your target market, which Hannah was talking about before, where 
if you, I don't know, if you produce something that everybody in the country could use, I don't know if you sell water or, or whatever it would be. Yeah, toilet roll. There we go. Everybody, everyone in the in the country is a a uh, potentially a, a customer for those types of products, but they're not all going to buy them. They're, they're a customer of a user. Um, that's your target market. Um, so then it's a case of thinking about who buys them and who's able to buy them as well as use them. Um, so if you think about somebody like us uh, that, that sells kind of digital marketing services, well, our target market might be anybody in business, you know, any any marketing professional, any um, business owner business owner and then and then your target audience will be made up of um and that and those that's your target market mm-hmm. so that that's already narrowed it down that's your target market and then from your target market you're going to make a target audience which is going to say that from that target market of business owners and marketing professionals um which specific industries they're in so that's that's and and kind of what do they look like in those industries not just what industries that they're in but who specifically in those industries are able to actually you um afford your product and use your product and, and all that type of thing needs to go into it and then the layer below that is the segmentation where you say our target markets our target audiences sorry and then what age groups they are you know segment them out into age groups or into locations geography different types of demographics um, to to get more granular campaigns. Mm. Okay, so just to, to sort of summarise there, and uh, using grow traffic as an example, so our, our target market, yes, it's going to be all businesses, but actually, what we need to do to determine who our our ideal customers are and, and therefore our target audience is work out well which of those do we actually want to work with. So, which of those are likely to want our services and employ them which of us are likely to be a a, a good sort of fit for us in terms of the amount of money that they want to spend and the activities that they want to do which of them is likely to be a good fit for us culturally Um, and we'll, we'll come on to talk about all of these so first things first then you know where do you start where you know if even if let's say you've got a business that potentially anybody I mean we are a b2b business potentially any business wants seo services where do you start defining that down where's the first place to go to um it depends on how you want to do it really the the kind of age-old advice is always to start with the product or the service and then work back from there however i think in reality most businesses will look at their existing customer base and say what works you know what's a good fit in terms of the types of businesses that we tracked already um which ones don't work as well so we can get rid of those and then start concentrating and also kind of come up with a hypothesis based on the customers that you've worked with previously the ones that work well and not and say actually we think that this type of customer maybe in this industry um or who operate in a certain way are much more will will much would be much more suited to our products and service in the future so we're gonna we're gonna try and shift our um our we're gonna try and shift our customer base by shifting the um target audience 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so. well, let's just start with existing customers then, Hannah, because this is a process that we went through with Grow Traffic, isn't it, when we were working with Edge Hill University, and we started with our existing and previous customers, um, and, and Dali says, w- work out what works, you know, what did we do, how did we do that? I think as well, like, yeah, so work out what works in terms, like, if they're your existing customers, then obviously something has worked because you've you've sold to them. So where did they come from? Where did they go? Where did they come from? <laughs> oh, no, <I'm> <laughs> no, yeah. So where did the lead come from? I think if you can start putting some data against where these people came from, with the inbound, with the outbound, did they come through social? Did they come through the, through the phone? Did you chase them down from the bus stop? Like, where did they come from? Um, and then start to think about commonalities between them. So is there, are they, do they, what do they have in common? Is it that the size? Is it their sector? Is it the person that makes the decision? Is it the values? Is it their budget? Is You know, like there will be sort of commonalities between them. So a good idea is to start mapping that out. Um, on a big piece of paper or some post-it notes because we all love post-it yes, notes. Yes, we, we love a big A3 piece of paper notes. and some post-it notes, don't we? <laughs> we do. Um, and then also think about where they diverge as well. So what's different about them? And and then that will stop you kind of making assumptions. So as an example, um, at Grow Traffic, we thought, and also just like go easy on yourself. Like you might not get this right. And, and it will take the more customers you have the more marketing you do the more data you'll gather and so the more you'll be able to refine it but you know don't kind of hold fire to wait till you've got the perfect target audience that you can really like qualify you know you need to just kind of try these things and see what happens but for it to go back to my example we thought for a long time we were targeting at targeting a specific sector and then we realized through kind of interrogating the data question our assumptions that actually it's the business model rather than the sector so the sector doesn't matter to us who we work with what what works best for us is are they on a subscription-based service are they you know they run on monthly revenue or are they run on one-off um projects so that's all at the moment that's still kind of our our working hypothesis isn't it i think yeah data we will we will like (laughs) every business should do kind of reassess that in six months time a year's yeah. time whatever it might be and work out were we right were we wrong you know what what does it mean uh we'll probably tighten up which sectors we'll be able to then say yeah it is a subscription model or it's a retainer model or a rental model whatever kind of falls in there but don't target these industries all these businesses mm-hmm. um and it will enable us to much it's it's always going to be a learning process i think Absolutely. And I think as well, like, be really clear on who the decision maker is that you're talking to. Like, try and boil it down at some point to a role or a person. You know, if you're selling toilet roll, yes, everybody uses it. But the chances are that a certain demographic are going to buy it. If you're selling health and safety courses, the end user is you know the the workman or whatever but the the purchaser the decision maker is often a pa or a training coordinator or a secretary or or an office manager so you know think about the process that your that your buyer will go through to get to your product Mm-hmm. I think another thing as well that, that you know, that's a, a good summary of how you use your existing customers. But I think one thing to remember as well is 
taking a look at your previous customers and, and being really brutally honest with yourself here. And mm -hmm. it's quite hard to do this sometimes, isn't it, as a business to sort of look back objectively and say, OK, these are the customers that we either failed <laughs> or we fell out with or they moved on for whatever reason, you know, and being really honest about what was the reason that they moved on. Was that because they weren't a good fit for us? Was it because we weren't delivering perhaps what they expected? I mean, that 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 whole process has, yeah. has multiple benefits when you're looking at your entire business processes and systems but if we think about it from an ideal customer point of view it can really help you eliminate people like you were saying Hannah we, we'd made an assumption that it was a specific sector and actually when we look back at some of our data we realized actually that that doesn't matter that's not the thing so that enabled us to then plan going forwards so I think it, it's you know businesses often have this let's you know let's move on let's move forward let's look forward approach and actually looking back can be really beneficial for this process can't it yeah and it's... I know as well sorry go on I was gonna say like I can't highlight it enough like watch your assumptions watch your like unconscious bias um I was working with a client once once they sold um curtains like custom-made curtains and they thought that their target audience were kind of over 60 based on who they were going out and speaking to. But actually, when we looked at the data from who was accessing their materials and their website, it was like 30 to 40 year olds. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there could be a, a bit of a clash there, though, that, that that's just because that's how they were acting. Like the 30 to 40 year olds were using the tech. And the older audience were using, um, you know, kind of yeah. yeah, the phone or like traditional market, you know, yellow pages or whatever. So just be really careful with your assumptions. Um, I think that's a really, really good point. And I, I had this with a, a client a, a while ago. They, they did, um, they, they were a travel agent. They sold very, very bespoke holidays, um, uh, you know, high end expensive holidays. Uh, and where, and they said to me that their target audience was older couples, retired couples. They had a lot of money, a lot of time on the hands. They were going on these trip of a lifetime holidays that they'd saved up for for years. So that was who they thought their target audience was, these these kind of couples who were retired and actually when we looked at the website data it was much younger people you know people planning their honeymoons people about yeah. you know about to get married um and and so but they said but that's not who comes in the shop it's like no but they're, they're selling they're buying in a different way and but as you said Hannah maybe they're just the people that are more tech savvy you know the older couples are more likely to walk in the shop the younger people are more likely to go online and be doing the research and whatever so it's important that you don't just take who is directly in front of you as as the key uh, definer of your demographic because actually you could then exclude a lot of potential customers couldn't you or even like so to qualify that down even more like don't take one channel as the as like the the beacon of knowledge yeah so think yeah. about all the different channels mm. Dali, what were you going to say before i was going to say as well uh, when you're analysing your existing data, um, you've also got to be really honest about. Um, you said it before, Rachel, about about being being honest and just be honest with yourself about your business as well and the types of I don't know the types of customers that you've been attracting, um, the reasons that they don't stay just because um, they're not they haven't been a good fit in the past doesn't mean that your business won't evolve 
and they will be a good fit in the future. Um, mm. You know, that, there's also an opportunity there to learn how to make the business work in a way that that suits those those types of companies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's you, you're leading us on actually to the next point, as you very often do, Simon Daly. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the, the starting point, as we, we've said, is is basically who are your customers now? Who are you talking to? Either in physically in your shop, on the phone, through your website, through a brochure, whatever it might be. But who are they now? Then you've got to start thinking about, okay, well, who do we want the customers to be? Are they the right customers for us? Or maybe you've got a new product, a new service, you're rolling something out maybe you've not tried it before so where do you start if you want to be a little bit more um sort of proactive and think about your potential audience as opposed to the one that you've got now oh silence <gasps> Sorry, uh, nobody knows I, I didn't i didn't know who you were asking that question to yeah, start, with the start with the product that's the product or service um if you're especially if you're launching a new product or service um you that that product or service would fundamentally have been developed to target a a specific um market or or audience so start there and then and then you can break it out it might be that the that the uh, that the product's been designed for a target market so you wouldn't have the target market but then you're going to make it more specific um by creating different target audiences that make marketing more manageable uh even though and and, and it is just a case of making a hypothesis that you're going to then test you're going to come up with a an idea and test it mm. does that answer your question yeah hannah yeah no nothing really to add other than um like I think that's that's a really important and and again we just can't hammer this home enough. You a target audience is a hypothesis, especially when you're first starting out. Um, and with all marketing, it's a case of having an educated guess and chucking something at the wall and seeing what sticks. Um, and so don't be too rigid in in who you think your audience is. You know you can you can specifically target a market, but accept that your audience might change um as you go in you know how, as you go more data. how useful is it to look at your competitors start with them as a as a starting point um it it, it is and it isn't because if you uh, i mean if you're looking at your competitors you, you've got to understand your product you've got to understand your audience before you understand who your competitors are mm-hmm. if that makes sense so also, I as well, hard, I'd find the competitors based on the understanding of the audience. I mean, how do you know that your competitors are targeting it right? Targeting it right? Um, how do you like? I mean, you wouldn't want to copy your competitors necessarily, but you also wouldn't because then is there a gap there? But also, you don't want to just do the absolute opposite because is there a reason that they've not? not you know targeted a specific audience i think i mean knowing who your competitors are is important especially in seo knowing who your SERP competitors are is important but i personally don't see an enormous value in targeting in in like 
researching your competitors so thoroughly that you're looking at who they're targeting. Unless like you do something mega niche and there's only a couple of you. But if it's or like if you do something that's so saturated that like you're trying to carve out a different a different mm. um audience. You know, like if you think about supermarkets, for example, there's there's five or six big supermarkets and they all have a different audience in a way yeah. yeah everyone buys food and yet these supermarkets go out to somebody different mm. I, I, I was just going to say that i've worked at businesses as well where um if you were to go onto the website and you were to kind of look at who they were targeting it unless you actually were part of that business and you understood how it worked you might not realize you might think that their target their primary kind of source of customers came from the targeting on the website where in fact it might be channel-based partnership marketing uh might all be referrals coming through there's a lot of other ways that businesses generate income than just what what is kind of public facing Mm. yeah yeah Uh, and absolutely and i think the key thing really is that there is no uh, sort of one solution to this is that there's no one process that you can go through that will you know magically show you what what your target audience is or should be and and i think you know com- looking at your competitors is useful like you said hannah it's really good for being able to identify well why you know nobody's targeting you know lots of there's all these competitors that i've got none of them are targeting women in their 40s but maybe there's a really good reason for that maybe they've done an awful lot of research and realized that, that they're not the buyers for this particular product so you know use it as, a, as an informing but take take everything with a pinch of salt um i just want us to quickly talk Talk about um, analytics platforms uh, or analytics tools on platforms before we before we finish. So, you know, obviously we've got Google Analytics. So if you're talking about a purely web-based approach, you can look at that. All of the social media platforms now have different analytics. So obviously this is useful if you're coming at it from a, a you know a digital point of view. How useful are those tools generally in helping you form your picture of your target audience? I think becoming less so. So as we think about GDPR and cookies and and uh, GA4, Google Analytics uh, 4 coming out, I think the data that we're going to start seeing through people's websites is going to be less and less. Mm. Um, and I do wonder how things like lead forensics or um, what's it called? Not hot shots. What's it called? Hot shots. Hot jar. Yeah. Hot jar. Yeah. Heat. Heat jar. Hot jar. Like, like heat <laughs> where people on your website. Warm jam. Um, I think this is going to be, I think these sorts of businesses are going to be getting short shrift as well in the next few years as we tighten up on privacy and like the right to use the internet without being tracked so much. Mm, There's a massive uh, clap down on on data protection and things recently, isn't there? Yeah, so I do wonder really how useful this data, how much data there's going to be. Plus, like Dali said, you can't... um, always think your website and it and it does kind of make me sad to say this being digital marketers but you know your website's not the be all and end all mm-hmm. um, of, your, of your marketing <laughs> no it's exactly it's a tool in your arsenal isn't it and, uh, to be fair we have always said that dali go on i think the other thing as well is that understanding what's happening on your website right now um looking at demographics and things like that will only tell you who's coming on your website at the moment. Mm. Um, it, you know, is, is your website actually converting 
the whole breadth of the demographic of the different kind of audiences that are landing on your website or is it only a very small percentage of those that is actually converting does it ever convert any of them if it never converts anybody on your website then you could argue that some work to do. well yeah you could argue you've got some work to do but you could all you you'd probably argue that reviewing the audience figures might actually lead you in, a, in completely the wrong way you know in, in the wrong direction uh and, and and likewise if you've got a website that's very heavy in terms of kind of knowledge-based content um versus the percentage of products or services you've got listed on there then it might be that it's it you know it might be completely the wrong audience because you've actually just cast your net really wide in order to attract more people to the website Mm. I'm, I'm conscious of time. Time is marching on. Time is marching on. Um, so I just very quickly, you know, what, we, what, what we've talked about already is looking at your existing customer base and, and figuring out who they are, looking at your past customer base, who are they, looking at where you want to get to, where who you think your ideal customers are, using metrics and, and analytics and tools and everything online. And basically, it, it is going to be about you know, using all of these different strands and tools and pulling them together and, and your best guess judgment and all the rest of it to create this sort of ideal uh, hypothesis of your ideal uh, customers. How useful are do, uh, creating buyer personas very quickly? Um, do it? Do we think people should do that? And, and if they should, how many? I mean, I know I know businesses that have come to us with like 15 buyer personas. You know, how, how useful is that? But buyer personas can be useful. I think that I often think that buyer personas are, are most useful if you've got an, a larger organization and you need to get buy-in from, from different groups and you need to create a, a way for people to understand what's actually going on, um, understand, you know, the, the, the kind of strategy, uh, especially if you're dealing with like a, a big number of salespeople uh, and the marketing team uses those to interplay between them and to maybe as part of the training. Uh, they're valuable, but it depends on, on the business because if you've got a, if you've got an e-commerce website selling tens of thousands of products, then you are going to have a lot of buyer personas potentially. Mm. You might not, you might just have a few, but, um, but it's in all likelihood you'd have a lot of them. Mm. Uh, and, and then it's probably not very valuable to have all of those buyer personas worked up. Um, but for most businesses where there's one or two kind of target audiences that can be segmented out uh, into kind of personas, then maybe it is valuable. I don't see the point in them really. <laughs> I mean, I'm not from a marketing background and I've just always struggled with, like I get to a certain, I get them to a certain level, like, where are they? What job do they do? What are their affinity groups and stuff? But in terms of like, what's the name and what do they do at the weekend? You know, if it's not relevant, like, mm. and, and again, they're those it's that type of content, isn't it? That you know, you've got a marketing department. They're going to create all of these lovely buyer personas and blah blah. You know, spend a lot of time on them. No bugger else in the business is actually going to read that or pay the slightest mm. bit of attention to it. Well, so, I'll, I'll just, I just, I just uh, roll roll that back because I have been in environments where buyer personas have worked particularly well, and and the whole business understands and refers to 
the personas by name when they're mm. talking about how of oh, that customer is just like penny or whatever yeah it is. okay so if you're going to do them make sure they're implemented and they're rolled out essentially yeah. okay so, so by a persona sorry where like where the personas themselves formed part of the marketing like the outbound marketing like you know be like dennis or whatever or are yeah you that's a, true you know, yeah. are you a carly and like mm. you know that it, it's worked but i think as well they do sometimes enforce unconscious bias and stereotypes and i think they can be a bit sticky sometimes mm. i mean we could do a whole episode on bias personas actually couldn't we so we'll, uh, i'll put that into the content calendar yeah yeah are more specific than target audience yeah they are yeah yeah okay well so there we go um so i'm just uh, liz has just made a comment saying that the best one that she saw was an agency that had a collection of mr and mrs potato heads and they mm. used those to create their buyer personas so there you well, go that's, that. uh, that's good yeah that. you could have you could have barbies or kendall's or whatever, yeah yeah, <laughs> a nursery, yeah. Uh, but yeah you know this, this is it so uh, the the key takeaway on this one as i said we we haven't started off with kind of five top tips but the because there isn't a, there isn't a, a defined path for this there isn't a this is how you do it step one step two you know to build out who you find out who your ideal customer is it's really a a, a process that you're going to have to go through you're going to have to continually revise it you're going to have to continually keep interrogating it and seeing if it still holds true but it's a case of looking at your customer base now your past customer base, the one that you want in the future, your products and services, look at your online metrics, you know, combine it all. And, and above all, talk to people. You've got to keep that conversation going with your customers to, to, to get those touch points of what they like about you, why they came to you, where they came from, why they stayed, all of that stuff. Um, and, and over time, you will be able to build up this picture. Um, Hannah, final thought, final piece of advice for people trying to build up their ideal customer base um use data uh but be really critical with it okay good dally uh similar similar point really um don't approach it thinking that you already understand who your potential audiences are that's a good one yeah, and my, my again very similar, but I would say don't don't just rely on one platform. Don't don't just rely on your assumptions of who comes through the door or who you speak to on the phone or whatever, because it will be wider than that, and it will be more mm. diverse, and people will come from places you weren't expecting. So make sure you are including all of your channels and all of your audience. And as Hannah said before, you know, thinking about those people who they might be your end customer, but who actually made that buyer decision. That might be the person you weren't expecting. So consider all of the angles basically um that's it thank you very much you two um we will be back in two weeks time and as i said before i haven't done a content calendar because i'm a very naughty girl so i don't know what we're talking about but, when you have done a content calendar we never know what we're talking we about. never know we never know no we find out last minute thank you very much for listening along if you're watching this on catch up please do do still leave us a comment or ask us a question because we still carry on watching it if you're listening on 
on podcast, like and rate and subscribe and tell people about us. And if you are watching it on YouTube, subscribe below. Um, and also we are uh, formulating a new Grow Traffic podcast, which will supplement these GTFO sessions. So more news on that soon, but uh, keep your eye out if you're a podcast fan. That's it. Thank you very much. I'm off to go and brave this horrendous storm, Ian, now. There we go. Lots of friends. Have fun. Thank you. Bye.